Hey everybody, welcome to Hearts of Men episode 41. I'm excited because today I'm going to be interviewing a friend, um, Ray Pittman from Fiji, and talking a bit about his book, When the Sharks Come. So hold on, we have some questions for Ray. This will be a great episode, and uh, we're going to be talking about overcoming fear, overcoming obstacles, and how we can do that as men. So thank you for tuning in to Hearts of Men, and look forward to jumping into it. Hello, Ray. Can you hear me? Yeah. Hey, Scott. All right. Hey, it looks like we got a pretty good connection. That is... A good thing, considering that you're all the way in Fiji, and I'm in Arkansas. Yeah, that's right. And you got the dogs in the background, so that that always adds to a what we call a raw, real, and relevant episode here at Hearts of Men. Um, just want to give a little intro, and then we're going to jump into um, really talking about. Um, I've asked Ray to come on um, to Hearts of Men and just share a bit of his story. And then get into some of the uh, <clears throat> some of the meat of what overcoming fear and overcoming obstacles might look like in his life. Uh, I've known Rain for probably oh, 25 years or more. Went to college together, and uh, Ray um, lives in Fiji. And I want him in just a couple moments uh, to give us a little little more into what he does. But I just want to read a Ray recently in the last couple of years uh, wrote a book called When the Sharks Come, which I'm actually using that title for this particular episode because there's a lot in that statement. And I just want to read a little segment uh, from Ray's book um, that an author um, described uh, from this book. It says this, it says, as a young man in love with the sea, Ray Pittman finds his life threatened by pirates, shipwrecks, mysterious invaders, and sharks in the ocean in the dark of night. Ray wrestles with his beliefs in the jungles of Southeast Asia where he is raised and discovers he cannot be a bystander in the fight for his soul. A thrilling adventure and heart-pounding read. And I just want to say at the, at the beginning of this, um, this book is phenomenal. You can get it on Amazon um, for any listeners out there. It's a short read. It's great. And uh, when the sharks come and, you know, Ray, I don't know if, if I told you this, but my dad, uh, before he passed away about three and a half years ago, this was the last book that he actually read uh, in the hospital. And I just remember um, getting it for him and, and talking about it with him. And it was, you know, really probably several weeks after he read it. Uh, yeah, he went to be with the Lord, and, and I remember him saying um, how good it was and encouraging and challenging. And so, anyhow, I have a lot of respect for Ray. He's a, a missionary. He's a friend. Uh, he's a community developer, a captain. He's been a bit of everything. And so, Ray, why not just jumping in here, just give us a little, who are you, your story, um, what do you do, and then we'll kind of get into some questions. So, Yeah, well... Um... Thanks for that introduction. That was great. <laughs> um, I'm a missionary kid. I was born in the Philippines, and I grew up there until I was about 12. And then we moved to West Papua in Indonesia, where I lived till I was about 18. And I did a university in the States where I met you. And um, I've been back and forth overseas and then uh, 
been living in Fiji the last 20 plus years um, where we've been doing Are you still there, Ray? We might. Ray, you Hello? there? Yeah, yeah, we cut off there for a minute. You said um, where you've been doing community uh, development. That's where we cut off. So you said you've been living. So uh, sorry about that glitch. That's probably somewhere between here and Fiji. So we'll just keep <laughs> keep keep going if we get those occasionally. Yeah, we've been doing community development with the poor here in Fiji. And then we've also been bringing in students from overseas to be a part of that ministry and to see what that's like and to learn from that whole experience. So that's been really great. We've been doing that the last 20 years here in Fiji. Wow. And um, so Ray, I'd like to get into, because I do want to steer and encourage people to, um, to get your book and, but I would like to, um, you know, just why, why did you write the book? Obviously, um, from that statement from Jeff Kinley, um, this sounds like a book that, you know, maybe some men would, would listen to that and say, man, that's, that sounds like a, a, a movie um, or somebody that, uh, you know, a lot of ordinary men couldn't relate to um, for the kind of adventures and <laughs> things you've been through. But um I think it's quite the opposite because you're a very ordinary man with some extraordinary, um, you know, stories, but uh, maybe just, uh, yeah, tell us a little bit about why you chose to write this book and then um, what, why in the world uh, did you choose that title? What does that mean to you? Yeah, I was uh, speaking at a camp in Texas um, called Camp Eagle one summer and there was about 900 students that came through there and I was just sharing some of these stories growing up and people people kept asking me you know did you have you written these down in a book or is there a book we could get with more of your stories in there and so it gave me the idea I thought oh maybe I should write this stuff down so I started writing these down and um, it was really a god thing I went to a a, a, a writer's conference about how to <laughs> how to write books and get books published and all that kind of stuff. And it's sort of a biography about my life. And they really discouraged me. They said, you know, there's no hope that this is going to get out there because it's kind of about you and nobody knows who you are. So it's, it's not going to be interesting to people. <laughs> so I, I sort of gave up on that. But through that whole process, I ran into an editor who was super, um, excited about this this story and she said of all the books i've read this one is definitely i want to see this one in people's hands so she chased me around the globe and made me sit down and finish it and she helped me a lot in getting it um all together and getting it published so without her i probably wouldn't have pursued it as as much hey, as hey ray yeah hey um so we had another another glitch um sorry about that i think we lost you um uh, about 30 seconds ago. So um, you were just talking about at this, you had a, a student kind of, you know, 900 kids there and people started asking you to what, how you should write stuff down. And uh, so that's kind of about where we cut off. So you probably kept talking, but maybe you can backtrack just a little bit and, uh, and, and share again, um, you know, once you started writing things down and how that transpired to actually turn into the book. 
Yeah, so I started writing these things down and I went to a writer's conference where I met an editor and she um, really pursued me around the globe to get this book written. She was so convinced that this should be out there in people's hands that she she literally chased me down, came flew out here to Fiji and sat me down and made me finish the book. And she helped edit it, put it all together and got it out to publishing and everything. So she, without her, I probably wouldn't have followed through as much. But, right. Um, she really right. Um, helped me a lot in getting that out there. As far right. as the title, um, When the Sharks Come, it's actually part of a two-sentence phrase. Um, the whole thing, if you read the book, it's it comes from a quote of, from a friend of mine who, um, who who was a local fisherman here. He worked for me for a number of years. And um, just a guy who came out of poverty and was, you know, had nothing but the shirt on his back. And he became a good friend and mentor of mine. And he... Um, he used to talk about when you go out fishing and they had a number of shipwrecks and he had just the most amazing stories. And um, he was talking about his crew on the boats and how they, they were, a lot of them were ex cons and, you know, just some really bad guys and, you know, swearing all day long and stuff and just really hardcore characters. And then uh, he'd say, you know, when, when the ship would go down and they'd be floating in the water and the sharks would come around, you know, he said, when the sharks come, you really pray from the heart. And he'd say these guys would have, you know, prayers like they've been in Sunday school their whole lives, you know, and just how, um, you know, their, their hearts would suddenly change and be so tuned into God, you know, when the sharks are circling about to eat them. So I just thought that was hilarious and but also true, you know, how when things get bad, suddenly we turn to God and, um, you know, have right, a completely right. different, have a completely different attitude. Right, right. That makes sense. So, so sharks speaking of, as most people, um, you know, you watch these documentaries, you know, and there's, there's so many uh, people out there trying to convince people that sharks are not man eaters or man killers. But I think no matter how many documentaries you put out there, the reality is people are still afraid of sharks. And uh, just as we're maybe afraid of, of challenges, what I hear you saying is, you know, sharks symbolic for the, the challenges, sometimes the desperate um, obstacles that we might face in life. And, um, you know, when you read the book, you get a, a good glimpse of some of those challenges of you staring death in the face a number of times. And I mean, really, this is a fascinating, not just because you're a friend of mine, but this is a fast, even if I didn't know you at all, I would encourage every man to read the book because I believe a lot of your challenges and stories are uh, relevant uh, to to us and uh, to the, own, the obstacles that whether you're a nine to five uh, executive in corporate America or whether you're on a small remote island in Southeast Asia, I, I believe um, these stories are relevant. And so uh, what does it mean to you particularly, if you maybe could share um, maybe a couple glimpses into some of the sharks that you have faced? Um, I, I know there's probably many, but maybe you can highlight a couple that seem relevant for this podcast. Um, one of the things this podcast really stands for is just talking about some of the real issues that um, in our pursuit of authentic manhood, you know, um, 
from a, a biblical perspective and from a created in the image of God perspective and from a wild at heart perspective that we're created uh, to really explore and, and discover who, who we're meant to be, uh, even outside of the four walls of the church. Um, and so, you know, from that perspective, um, what are some of the some of the sharks that you have faced that stand out to you that might speak to uh, even our listeners? Well, the book really um, goes into my my issue with fear and how fear was kind of um, fear was a big thing that was keeping me from God and the fear of the unknown, the fear of failure, the fear of um, broken relationships, the fear of just about everything, you know, and um, God really used a lot of these life and death situations to get my attention and to turn my head around and to, to, to get me to focus on what he was trying to teach me and what he wanted me to know. Um, but yeah, I'd say fear was probably the biggest thing, fear of what happens when I die, fear of, of you know, what am I going to do when I grow up? fear of you know am i going to be successful in life and in relationships you know how am i going to handle all these things like knowing myself you know my own failures and my own weaknesses um you you just start to wonder sometimes like how am i going to make it you know right how am i gonna how am i gonna you know and then the things God was asking me to do, like serve him in ministry, I'm like, are you kidding? Like, there's got to be a hundred better people to choose from than me. You know, like, what? why would you be interested in me doing anything for you? You know, I, I'm just the worst, the worst one to, um, to choose for this job, you know? Wow, wow. Yeah, that's right. Can you give us, um, can you give us uh, a story? I know, I, I think it would be really uh, encouraging, inspiring and challenging, even just to hear just maybe one of those instances where God used a situation uh, in your life. And maybe one of the stories in the book, uh, whether it's summarized or sharing just, just what that, what that was um, that that it's a real time that we can just hear what you went through um, that, that might've helped you in that moment. So. Um. Also, so I had a, well, the book is just full of these crazy things that happen, but, and they were crazy things that happened because God was trying to get my attention. And one of them was, uh, I was, you know, when I was young, I had a motorcycle and I'd rip around, you know, and just full speed everywhere. And I got hit by a, by a gravel truck one night in heavy rain on a motorcycle. And if you know, like motorcycles, that's the end game you know for right. for someone on a motorcycle that's how that's how people's lives are ended and um i got up and walked away from that thing i mean the motorcycle was in a million pieces but i got up and walked away from that without a scratch and it was just such a supernatural miraculous thing like how did i just get run over by a truck and i don't have it wow i don't have a scratch on me and it was really, you know, that's really when I started to wonder, like, is is God messing with my life here? Like, is he protecting me from something? Like, what is going on? Like, and why, why would he have saved me from this accident? And it, it got to be a like a tug of war where I felt like 
the devil was trying to kill me and God was keeping me alive. And I was like, what, what am I being kept alive for? What, what am I supposed to do? You know, what, <laughs> wow. what is going, what is my purpose? You know, why would, why is there an interest in me, you know, in the big scheme of things? Right. 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 Great question. And, you know, maybe it, it's taken that kind of experience. I, I guess if you go that, go through that kind of experience, then you, you definitely question, um, all of those things. And, um, you know, it's interesting and, and we'd, I'd love to hear, um, even another, you know, feel free to throw in, uh, I, I tend, I, I think of a couple that kind of, it's been a while since I've read the book, but, uh, you know, I think of, I believe you were uh, the being chased by pirates and maybe, maybe in a few moments you can even share, uh, through that one as well. But, um, I was thinking of, you mentioned, uh, uh the issues of fear, um, that, that you said basically that, you believe that that God allowed you to go through a number of these um, obstacles and challenges to help you overcome. Uh, I think I think that is something you know. As I started off with the episode saying that you know you read a bit of the book and a bit of the uh, you know um, what people are saying about you and and whatnot and what you've accomplished and what you've done and it's easy to kind of look at people like that when you read and say, well, you know, uh, I'm not like that because I have. I have my own fears and I got my own insecurities and, uh, you know, my own, um, how, how do you feel like you have overcome some of those things over the years? Um, having gone through some of the things you've gone through and I guess, I guess what have you seen, have you seen a change, um, from going through trials, going through tribulation, um, to overcoming some of these fears of failure or fears of inadequacy or, you know, um, can you speak to, to that? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's still a struggle for me. It's just something in me that, you know, I, I have these fears, but from where I was to where I am now, you know, I definitely have some, someone to look towards, you know, someone to trust in and believe in, and I can look to God and, and ask him to help me get through this. And it does, it's not necessarily easy, but, um, it does give me hope. And I think that's the thing that, that, you know, the difference between having fear with no hope and having fear with hope is completely, you know, night and day experience. And in the book, you know, I have this experience of a shipwreck and being out there with the sharks and the the fear of no hope is just really, really terrible. It's not it's not a place where you want to be. You know, there's just nothing that can save you. There's nothing you can do. You know, there's everything's out of control and that's just a just a terrible place to be since i found christ i feel like i have hope and i have someone i can turn to and i have someone i can put my trust in that he's got a plan and he's going to bring the outcome that he wants from it and that's just a completely different space to be in and and while it's still a struggle in the flesh you know it's a struggle what's going to happen you know is something bad going to happen to me um all of those kinds of things. I feel like at least I have some peace now in knowing that there's purpose and a plan and that God's not going to allow anything to happen to me that he doesn't want to happen. So it's, it's a right. much different experience to be able to have hope and not have hope. And one That's thing good. I've been able to talk to people about through this book is a lot of people have had near-death experiences where they've cried out to God and he's answered them. And I have a lot of non-Christian friends who, who have had these experiences too. And I've asked them, you know, have you ever been in a situation where you thought it was hopeless and you 
cried out to God in your spirit and he actually answered you. And most people have, um, whether it's like a near drowning accident or something like that. Most people have had uh, an experience or a story where they've reached the bottom of, of themselves and they've cried out to God or who they thought God was. And then he answered them and he responded to them. And how can you not um, acknowledge that then going forward? And I mean, this is the case in my story where I cried out to God, he saved me multiple, multiple times. How can you then turn and walk away and say, okay, well, that's just a coincidence or whatever that, that, you know, I don't really have to respond to that. I mean, if, if you cried out to God and he answered you, the God of the universe, and he, he saved you from something and he intervened or he healed you or he, he did something, you can't then really go back to your normal life and, not respond to that experience and say, okay, wait, I I reached out to God and he reached back to me and he answered me, you know, and and he was there. It's something that requires a response. And that's, it's something that continually requires a response for me that he, he did answer and he was there and he, he has continued to respond and answer through my life. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's worth pausing over and, and really letting sink in. And um, I, I imagine those of you listening couldn't think even now of times, you know, um, times when God spared you or, or, or something could have happened. And, and the reality is there are probably multiple times a day where those things where God is protecting us. And, you know, I, I think um, one of the challenges that I know many people face, I, I believe even Christians or, or non-Christians specifically, is, you know, how could a good God, a God who protects, allow suffering and evil uh, in the world? And uh, oftentimes I find that it, it seems to take um, experiences like this for even the atheist or, or the the non-believer, um, the person that is simply uh, believing in themselves, um, you know, it seems to take these kind of experiences to get them to recognize that they are not in control and that life is fragile. Life can be taken at any moment, um, you know, and I, I think uh, obviously we just uh, com- commemorated the 20th year of 9-11 on Saturday. And, and you know, that, that was a uh, sort of an unforgettable moment in our history that will forever be remembered as, you know, um, a beautiful, perfect day. Um, everything seemed to be going great at 8.30 in the morning. And then all of a sudden, you know, terror terrorist attacks and, and 3000 plus people are killed and all, you know, it's just, I, I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's really fascinating, um, you know, for all of us to stop and recognize that, that, you know, truly there is a God and truly, um, for those that are choosing to live for him and, and really surrender their life to him, then we can have hope even in those hopeless situations. So, uh, I really appreciate, um, some of what you shared in, in that, um, you know, I think overcoming, overcoming fear. I appreciate your openness too, about saying, you know, I, I've not arrived. I, I, you know, yes, I've grown and yes, I've, um, I've come through a lot, but I've not yet fully arrived. And maybe that just says that you're still dependent on God. Is that fair to say that it, it's not like you, you stop, you stop depending on him because he rescued you or because he saved you. And, and it's almost like, has, has it only increased, has your awareness of your, your sort of desperate need to depend on God? Um, has that seemed to increase because of, of some of the stories? And then maybe share another uh, story if you can uh, with us. 
related to that. Do we lose you, Ray? Are, are you, okay, now now you're back. I, right after my question, uh, I, I just didn't hear you at all. So did if you did you get did you hear my question? Yeah, I heard you. Okay, okay, great. So yeah, just uh, if you want to go ahead and share, you're back on. Okay. Um, yeah, my my dependency on God is is probably something that I'm growing into um, better as I get older. Like I come to Him faster than I did when I was younger. You know, usually, you know, I exhaust my own strength first and like try to try to fight everything with my own abilities. But now it's you know, as I get older, I'm like uh, I'm just gonna go straight to the Lord for this, and I'm gonna get a lot of people praying about it, and we're gonna you know, take this straight to the father. So I think I'm, you know, I'm learning in that aspect and I'm learning to let go a little bit and hold things loosely and um, try to see what God's doing, even in difficult, painful times. Um, like, uh, as far as what we do, like being in ministry, you know, if I'm trying to think of another story here along those lines, um, as far as ministry goes here, you know, it's, there's always a question of finances, you know, where they're going to come from and how we're going to accomplish things. And I was building a dormitory for a group of students that was on their way over and the contractor ran off with $10,000 that we needed to finish the building. And we only had days, days to do it and people coming and and so we had lost the money we needed to finish it. And there's no, really no possible hope that we were going to get this done. And it had to be done and we couldn't get it done. So I just stopped and fell on my knees and was like, God, you know, how I need $10,000 like in a week and I need to get this whole thing done. I don't know how you're going to do it. I don't know how this is going to happen, but I, I just knew in my heart he was going to do it. And while I'm praying about that, this, these people drove up and they wanted a tour of the facility. And I was like, look, I'm really busy right now. I'm trying to get this, this thing done on time. And I don't know if I have time to give you a tour. I was kind of irritated about it, you know. And, and then I thought, you know what, I'm just going to stop and give these guys a, a tour. So I gave them a tour. And th this guy was a crane operator from New York City. Sorry, there's a plane wow. flying over. This guy was a crane operator from New York City. I don't know what he was doing here. Um, but anyways, I gave him a tour, and um, and he cut me a check for $10,000 right right then and there. And I don't know who he was or wow. what he, why he was there or anything like that. But, um, you know, God miraculously provided to get the, that thing done on time. And, you know, I, I could have, like, fallen into depression and despair about that and not not kept my head up and looking for ways that God was going to provide. But, you know, he's come through for us in, in many ways like that many times. Wow. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. Um, again, it, it seems like, you know, if you, if you read the, 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 the story, the narrative of the Bible, really from start to finish, you know, um, it seems like it is a bunch of weak and broken people that God chooses to use, just like uh, the nation of Israel. You know, you think about, man, 
like most people, you know how you remember, I don't remember like, you know, growing up, like uh, I remember, you know, like if you were uh, getting picked for a sport, you know, like obviously, okay, you're going to pick the kids on your team that are, are, are the best first, you know, and then everybody's like, oh, shoot, you know, who wants to pick Johnny? Like Johnny sucks. He can't play soccer or whatever. And, you know, and <laughs> it's like we, we, we as humans, we go to like, no, we're going to pick the best. We're going to pick the one that's the most money, you know, the, the, the best looking girl, the, you know, all this stuff. And it's just like, wait a minute, like well, God like seems to do it the opposite, you know, and it seems like like his kingdom is like an upside down one. You know, he says like the first, show, you know, she'll be last and the last shall be if you want to if you want to gain your life, you got to lose your life, you know, and it's like everything goes against our our human nature. Right. And uh, and so um, I, I think that's interesting. And in your whole story, um, just as I see the story of the Bible, it's like God did like phenomenal things through people that really weren't qualified or really didn't have it together, but they simply said yes, you know, like yes to this crazy life of faith, uh, believing in an unseen God. You know, I, I, I often, as a pastor, um, I tell people, and, and I imagine you as a missionary, um, you're also, you know, I said, my, I have the hardest job in the world because like a lot of you go to work at jobs that, you know, you're a resale or you're, um, you know, whatever it is, you're trying to sell a product or, I'm trying to convince people that God is real and that he's worth following, you know, and uh, that's not an easy task for any uh, pastor or missionary um, because our human nature does not just inherently surrender and submit to an unseen God. So I, th I just think it's fascinating um, to hear and one in your story that we all can relate to um, of, of being, of feeling unqualified, you know, and feeling like uh, we're the ones, you know, that should be left out. And so I just love that uh, God has called you. And, um, you know, um, tell us a little bit about, you know, I was reading, it says here, Ray Pippen is a dive master. I didn't mention that. Boat captain, obviously community developer and storyteller. Um, what, uh, man, let's see. What is at... You know, I've I spent uh, eight years on an island and I've shared this with my listeners early on in this podcast. And uh, so I grew up on the ocean in the Caribbean. I have a deep love for the ocean and everything that it contains. Um, there was only one time that I remember seeing a, uh, a nurse shark um, and probably an eight foot nurse shark. But I'm just curious in all of your dive experiences as, as a dive master, can you think of a time you know, I don't know, an interesting or, or, you know, scary account or just something that, that you saw uh, in the ocean that was quite um, amazing or, um, yeah, so I'm just, just a little, have a little fun here for a minute. Oh, man, I've seen a lot of <laughs> cool things. Um, um, I've been diving with manta rays in um, Hawaii. That was, that was an unforgettable experience. And also, um, was able to swim with whales in Tonga. Um, that was, it's one of the last places where you can actually swim with whales. And it's, it's wow. a, it's a humbling experience, you know, where these things are like the size of three school buses and you're sitting there and the thing comes over and looks you in the eye, you know, it's pretty, <laughs> pretty humbling experience. Um, and just, I mean, the, I talk about the ocean a lot in this book, but it, it's just one thing that always pointed me to God. Like, 
you get in there and you see what's in there that most people never see. And it's just unbelievable. Like the design and the creation of these creatures is just completely fascinating and just mind blowing, you know? And it's right. like, this is, this is all underwater. Like nobody sees this. It's right. just <laughs> like fantastic. You no. Know? Wow. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the, I use this story as a part of my, Oh, I guess you call it conversion experience. You know, I grew up at, obviously like Ray in a missionary family, but really was confused in my teenage years and didn't, I, I would say I believed in God, but I definitely didn't experience him. Um, but I remember actually I was in Northern Ireland. Um, actually, it was, it was, it was, it was uh, during college. So I had already kind of began a process of giving my life to Jesus at eight, at 18. But um I remember standing on the coast of, of Northern Ireland and looking out at the ocean. And I, you know, I remember God, like it was almost like the Holy spirit was speaking to me. I was by myself and, and it, I almost heard this internal voice, you know, it wasn't audible, but it was just like, you know, in my own heart or whatever, just saying, Hey, like jump in, dive in, you know, you know what it's like underneath the ocean, you know, like basically jump fully in. I want to show you like great and, and awesome things, you know? And, um, you know, and, and I, uh, just remembered in, in that moment, as I was standing there, I, re I remember some experiences at nighttime and I'm sure Ray has had plenty of night dives, but, uh, you know, on this tropical Island of, of Bonaire that I grew up on, everything came alive at night. You couldn't begin to describe the colors of the underwater, um, you know, paradise that were there. I mean, colors that you've never seen before in daylight, all of a sudden came alive at night, the corals and the different fish. And, and it was just an amazing uh, experience. And I think I kind of liken that story to actually life in God is like, you know, it it's scary to dive into shark infested waters or it's scary to dive into the unknown. But once you dive in, you actually discover a whole nother world that you never knew was was there. And and so I, I often imagine, Ray, what you have experienced in, in 20 years or, well, more than that, you know, of living, living near the ocean um, of what we can really appreciate about the creator, you know. And, and as you said, I, I, guys like us, I think that God used creation to really captivate our hearts. Um, and uh, so living in Missouri and Arkansas for the last seven years has been really difficult because um, it seems like it's been years since I've been <laughs> close to that kind of a, that kind of an experience. But um, so, yeah, Ray, any, uh, you know, any, any other uh, thoughts um, just, you know, on, on uh, how any, maybe some, some practical things you can speak to guys about, like, how can they, practically what what practical things daily could we do to help overcome some of our fears you know what are things you know even if we're not facing near-death experiences or we're just you know the mundane stuff of life right just getting up having to go to work having to try to be a good father a good husband but um you know what what practical things do you think of that might be helpful uh to some of our listeners in their day-to-day mundane, maybe a boring job, you know, but still dealing with different fears and things that uh, could help them uh, overcome? Um, that's a good question. I, <clears throat> I think I've been thinking a, a lot about um, 2 Corinthians, I believe it's chapter 5, where it talks about how um, 
Jesus has given us the ministry of reconciliation. Right. And um, he, he has a little caveat in there where he says, not counting our sins against us. And I think that that is a super important caveat because, you know, one of my big fears in serving God is, you know, my own personal sins, my own failures, my own weaknesses, my own flesh, you know, and, and feeling really unqualified really unworthy to to serve him and to go out there and be a representative for God, you know. And um, this little verse that says not counting our sins against us is 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 huge. And I and I mean you see it in the life of Christ where he engages with sinful people all the time and this isn't his main focus, you know. Like his main focus is reconciling them to God, reconciling them to God, reconciling relationships with God and man. And I think we've got to put our fears behind us and receive that grace, you know, receive that grace every day and say, you know, his grace is sufficient for me and I can do all things through Christ. You know, um, it's in my weaknesses, he gives me strength. And there's something so paradoxical about that where we're so aware of our failure and so aware that we, we messed up and so aware that, our humanness and that keeps us from attempting greater things. It keeps us from going deeper in relationships. It keeps us from going back to our wife and apologizing or to our kids and saying, I'm sorry or, or whatever, or, or taking on ministry opportunities or, or going um, and pushing ourselves out of our comfort zones. Cause we're, we're all too aware of who we really are on the inside and how messed up we are. And that fear keeps us from moving forward and keeps us from attempting things from God. And we've got to continue to press into that reconciliation factor with Christ and that he wants us, even though we're sinners, that he wants to have a relationship with us, that he wants to use us. And I I have just a really strong awareness now that if anything good comes out of me, it's not for me. It's from Christ. (laughs) You know, if any, if I, accomplish anything decent if if i you know um and successful at anything that's all from god because i'm i'm just too well aware of my own shortcomings but i can't let that fear stop me from attempting to do things from god and and i mess up all the time you know i've got a contentious relationship with my neighbors around me here you know they're always wanting to fight with me and Sometimes I lose it and, you know, fight back. And, and then I'm like, oh, man, I messed up. Then I got to go humble myself and apologize. And I'm like, man, I'm just the worst, like, missionary ever. How, <laughs> how, am, I, how am I being an example? I just bit this guy's head off, you know. And um, <laughs> right, I got to, right. like, go back and apologize. And, but, I it's mean, like, God can yeah. still use me, you know. I can't let that stop me and just make me sit in my house and not do anything. Yeah, yeah. It's not like any of us has, have never attempted uh, to throw a birdie at the person who cuts us off in traffic or shouting out something to them. Um, you know, I think <laughs> I think you're speaking for, for all of us that, you know, anger um, – and frustration and those those emotions you know actually it makes me think about um jesus because what a lot of people sometimes don't realize is that jesus felt every negative emotion that we feel anger sadness grief despair um you know sorrow and you know i think a lot of us have kind of you know this is maybe a little bunny trail but hey um some of us have 
grown up in churches where we weren't allowed to show those things or, or we were, it was like a nonverbal, you know, like you just don't say that, or you just don't, you know, um, show what's, you know, it's like a little kid that's just like, is honest, like, Hey, how do I look? You know, you look terrible, you know, and, and they just kind of speak what they see, you know? And I think that we've sort of grown up a lot of times, even in Christianity with this, this feeling of, I can't really say what's inside of me, or I can't really be honest. You know, I have to act, I have to pretend I have to wear a mask. And I think what I love about Jesus is, is that that mask is removed. He doesn't wear a mask, you know, and he is like complete love and he's completely God. And yet he's completely human, you know, and has gone through everything that we've gone through, you know, yet without sin, um, which is why he's the faithful high priest, you know, because he was uh, able to be the remission for our sins. And he paid the ultimate price um, by dying on the cross. And so, uh, but yeah, he can relate to that. And so I, I love connecting with guys like Ray um, that are just, they're just real to the core. They're not pretending, they're not acting. Um, I know you've, you've been around a lot of pretenders. I'm sure like pastors or missionaries, you got a lot of people that want to act better than what they really are. And I think we're all living in times where the truth is it, there's a slippery slope that all of us are are on. And if we veer to the left or to the right, sometimes it seems like we can easily fall into all kinds of air deception, you know, or, or, or even grievous sins, you know, things that, um, so I just appreciate, I guess I would encourage us to, um, yeah, to continue to be open and honest about where we're at. And even David in the Bible understood you know, um, even a lot of the Psalms were Psalms of lament. In other words, life sucks, you know, and things are, are really crappy right now, but yet I'm still going to praise God. And it was like, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. Like we do, we do it the other way. We're like, well, praise God and sing the songs and don't talk about the crappy, you know, and don't talk about things that are really bad right now. And so I, I think that's also a message that, um, we are in a war, we're in a battle, and, and we need to learn how to be real and honest uh, in order to overcome. So anyhow, there's uh, just a few thoughts there. Um, Ray, I really appreciate, I don't know if there's any um, any last last kind of thoughts or whatnot that you wanted, wanted to add or anything else you'd, you'd, you'd want to say. Yeah, I think I would just end on, um, you know, lessons from the life of Moses where when he was at the burning bush and God said, look, I got this plan I have for you, this thing I want you to do. Moses rejected him like four or five times at the burning bush, like in the presence of God. And um, it got to the point where it says God's anger just burned against him because the thing God wanted was obedience. And, and what God kept reassuring him over and over again is that I'm going to be with you. I'm going to go with you. I'm going to fill in the gaps where you're weak, I'm going to be strong. I'm going to, I'm going to do all this. I just need you to go. I need you to be obedient. And I think that's what I got to constantly remember is even if I'm as bad as Moses, even if I'm, even if I don't have, you know, what it takes, I got, I need to remember that God's going to go with me, that he's going to fill in the blanks. He's going to, he's going to make up for, for everything that I'm not. And if he wants to accomplish something, he's going to do it. And it's going to be through my obedience, not through my, my qualifications. Wow. Wow. That's good. Through your obedience and not through your qualifications. Um, so, Ray, I, I want to thank you. Um, this will be going out shortly after we talk. And I, I just want to 
want to throw this out there for the um, for the first person that sends me a message. You can do that uh, through Anchor. Um, you can you can send a a message, an audio message, and for the first person that responds, I actually would love to have multiple ones about how this episode blessed you, about what stood out to you, what challenged you. And I will send a copy of Ray's book, When the Sharks Come, uh, just to encourage you. And um, and so you can send a message at Hearts of Men on our Facebook page with uh, your information once we uh, get to that point. But uh, I would love the first person to respond to how this episode blessed them um, to send you a copy of, of When the Sharks Come. And for everyone else listening, um, those of you, um, Amazon is probably the best way I imagine to get it, even for people uh, around the other nations. We have about 20 uh, nations where we have listeners from. So is that right, Ray, would you say? Yeah. Okay. And support Ray through that. And uh, that would be a great way. Send books to your friends, send books everywhere. And uh, that would be a great blessing. Um, so, Ray, thank you so much. Look forward to uh, continuing, maybe to have you back on uh, down the road and uh, for the adventures that are ahead. So thanks again. God bless you. Yeah, that sounds great. Thanks, Scott. All right. Bye-bye.